Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, the university where you always learn what is going on in pop culture every single week, and you learn amazing life lessons to take for your own life. How amazing is that? You're getting a Harvard-level education for no tuition, and you get to be a bad bitch student here for free. If you are new here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. Everyone is welcome here. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. You guys, it is so fucking cold right now. Apparently, this is supposed to be the coldest Christmas in the last 100 years or whatever because i saw this on tiktok and you know everything you see on tiktok is true there's apparently some really cold air like a major cold front coming in from some arctic icy place up north like siberia or something it's just like the coldest weather ever is sweeping through middle america right now and i live in illinois right next to the godforsaken lake michigan that spews its cold air shit on us all fucking year in chicago it is so cold here that i have developed eczema on my face i'm not even kidding last week i got well i I had to park 20 minutes away from an event i was going to in chicago so i had to walk 20 minutes in the freezing cold and i swear that's the day i got it i didn't get frostbite i got face eczema because when i got home my face just started itching and then through over like the next few days i just started to, to develop this really thick red dry patch in the shape of a circle right under my eye and to the left of my nose and if you see me on instagram you probably saw and were like patty are you dying i'm scared for your life what is that red ring on your face i was like is this ringworm i don't know what's going on and then whenever i google my symptoms i never really see a photo of something that looks exactly like what i have i don't know if you guys ever feel that way but google is never too accurate for me but i googled this and it i saw photos that looked like exactly what i have And it's some form of eczema that gives you extremely thick, dry, red patches of skin in the shape of a circle. And a lot of the times on your face. So thanks for that, Chicago. I'm going to have to be... Actually, actually, thanks, Obama, is what I'm going to say to that one. Because he used to live in Chicago. I blame Obama. But anyway, I'm going to be staying in my house for a long time. (laughs) Until May, when it finally gets warm again here seasonal depression is really kicking in but let's just get into what we're going to talk about today there's a lot of crazy tea going on including two mega female pop stars showing us how to really stick it to our exes and put them in their goddamn place lana del rey and lady gaga and then we're going to talk about the six-year anniversary of camila cabello leaving fifth harmony and all the shade those girls have thrown at each other over the years because it's hilarious and if you are in gen z or gen z adjacent a millennial you need to know Because this is girl group history, and that's the most important topic in history. Not the world wars. Girl group history. Then we're going to talk about a few major celebrity birthdays going on. Billie Eilish and some really good life advice she gave for her young fans that I think a lot of us can relate to. Then we're going to talk about Harvey Weinstein. He got sentenced for even more sexual assault allegations. And I want to mention all the famous women who have come forward about him because I don't know if you know this, but gosh, there's so many major, major actresses who 
have felt like their lives and their safety were being threatened by him because of sexual advances he made upon them. And you're going to be really relieved when you hear how long he's going to be in jail. And then we're going to talk about some Kardashian updates, like the fact that two of the sisters are not on speaking terms anymore. But before we get into everything, make sure you rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, screenshot yourself listening to it, post it on your Instagram story and tag me. I will hit you up in your DMs. We can chat it out. Um, This is a Tuesday, Friday class, so don't forget that. Every Tuesday and Friday, tell your friends. And without further ado, class, take your seats. Class is in session. Welcome to Pop Culture University. Okay, so Lana Del Rey, who Taylor Swift said is one of the most influential women in music ever. Taylor Swift literally called her, quote, the most influential music artist in pop. Her vocal stylings, her lyrics, and her aesthetics are replicated and taken inspiration from for all of these other pop girlies. That's what Taylor said. And she's absolutely fucking correct. Because Lana Del Rey, she shaped a whole generation of kids on Tumblr. Walking down the street, I can tell who was in the field of Lana Del Rey and Marina and the Diamonds Tumblr 2012 era. It truly has an everlasting effect on someone, like some kind of trauma, but I think in the best way. Lana Del Rey is a legend, an icon, and we would all be nothing without her. So she is dropping a new album, and it is going to be called... (laughs) This is the title. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? (laughs) Is that some sort of hook? Is this an educational album? (laughs) I didn't know there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard. I just don't know what to expect with that sort of title. I saw someone tweet the other day in Alana Del Rey album title Generator. And it was the funniest thing of my whole life. Mine was, so what you had to do was you had to take the first letter of your name. So mine was P and then the month, the day of the month you were born on. So mine was the 16th. And in between there was the word at. So you would just get some weird verb. Mine was gaslighting myself. And then the location for the part of the month was at the clinic. So my album title was gaslighting myself at the clinic. But... Her album titles are so ridiculous, and that's why you can make some sort of generator based on her album. But if you just look up on Twitter, Lana Del Rey album title generator, it's so amazing. But anyway, she this is going to drop soon at the top of the year. This is her ninth studio album, and she's doing some very particular promotion for this album. It's revenge-inspired promotion. She drew the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man. Let's talk about her ex-boyfriend. He was a cop. He was older. He looked like the gay dad in Euphoria. He was like kind of gray, but still kind of youthful looking and handsome. I feel like the Lana Del Rey fans truly thought they were going to be together forever. They would always make memes about them. But in like a celebratory way, people really liked her with her ex-police officer 
boyfriend, which is, you know, saying a lot. They must have really liked this man if he was a police officer and the fans still like him, if you know what I'm saying. But they eventually broke up earlier this year because he was, quote, inappropriate with other women. And he kept telling her that he was going to move in with her, but he would always find a reason to put it off and not want to live with her. And then the day before he was officially supposed to move in, he broke up with her so these fuck boys never learn why do i feel like police officers would just be the most fuck boys the most gaslighty police officers are such gaslighters oh my god i'm like worried to even like speak to one on the phone i don't even want to call 911 because i do not want to be gaslit i just feel like gaslighters would come in the worst form as police officers but anyway so she is promoting her new album and she got a billboard for her brand new album did you know that there's a tunnel under ocean boulevard but she only got this billboard in one spot and guess where that spot was just in tulsa oklahoma right next to a specific exit on the highway and guess who lives there right there right right off that exit on the highway right in tulsa oklahoma her ex police officer boyfriend ah she is so messy for that. She has to see it every single day while he's pulling over people for going seven over the limit and tasing people for no reason. She put on her Instagram. She has a spam Instagram. It's called Honeymoon or something. She posted the photo of the billboard with the caption, there's only one and it's in Tulsa. <laughs> and then she posted another photo and it said, it's personal. Wow, Lana, taking being petty to a whole other level maybe she just wants to show him that like fuck you i'm better off without you look at me getting my bag paying for billboards on my own promoting my own music gonna win another grammy or maybe she wants him to listen to the album <laughs> so she's like maybe if i promote it in his area he'll listen to it and it will be all about him she said she's very angry on this album and it's a lot of storytelling so she probably really really wants to make sure that he will just listen so he will finally just listen to her for once because these men just do not fucking listen and it's 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 good that he'll have it on recording so he can listen to it over and over again until she really till he really gets what she was trying to say because it seems like the first time you talk to men it just goes in one ear and out the other so hopefully he will see the promo sit down and just really fucking listen and maybe he'll be a better person after doing so after he learns why the lana del rey fucking hates him and even if he doesn't listen at least he has to see her sexy face every time he drives by right after stopping at the donut shop and slowly going downhill as all police officers probably will just kidding not all police officers i'm sure there's amazing ones but you know you 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 you, you know the vibe you know the vibe this kind of reminds me of the time that lady gaga said she had a past boyfriend who told her that she would never succeed so she basically went out of her way to make sure she would succeed and he would hear her being so famous and played on the radio and played in coffee shops wherever. That reminds me of this situation. Gaga was being interviewed for the New York Times way back in the day, like 2010, and she said, I had a boyfriend who told me I'd never succeed, never be nominated for a Grammy, never have a hit song, and that he hoped I would fail. I said to him, someday, when we're not together, you won't be able to order a cup of coffee at the fucking deli without hearing me or seeing me. And look at her now. She was so fucking right. She absolutely made that come true. Now, every time he hears rah, rah, ah, 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 rama, rama, he probably gets triggered as fuck and goes into a catatonic state because it reminds him of the bad bitch that he lost because he was too busy fucking around. And also, 
why would you ever tell someone all those nasty things like they're never going to succeed, they're never going to be nominated for a Grammy, they hope that you fail? Ew. I know Gaga didn't do anything that bad to him to deserve that. So that's just really nasty and showing how insecure he was getting in that moment because he probably realized her potential and knew she could definitely achieve all of those things and wanted to make her feel some sort of incapable. So never listen to those broke boys, those fuck boys, those duds who are so insecure that they're trying to tame you down and keep you at a level with them and dim your shine so they can feel a little bit better about themselves because they're just sad that one day they know they're going to see you fly away without them. So what can we learn from this? We can learn that your capability does not depend on how capable others think you are. Your capability only depends on how capable you think you are no matter how many people tell you you can't do it you won't succeed at this or that you don't have the look you don't have the skill you don't have the talent whatever they are completely motherfucking wrong only you truly know your actual skills your actual drive your actual desire for something and thus you only know your true capability and any hater or broke bitch that is trying to tell you something about yourself and where you're going in life it's really just a reflection of them so and actually it's kind of nice when you have a hater because I, I i think it's goofy when you have a hater and they say things like that out loud to you oh you're ugly you don't look good you're not worthy you won't get this or that it's it's kind of insane hearing them saying thoughts like that out loud because a lot of us have that voice in our heads that is already telling us that anyway we have that inner saboteur who's telling us we're not good enough, we're not all these things. So it's kind of nice hearing someone actually say those things out loud so they can so you you can take them in and you can just just hear with your own ears how ridiculous they sound because it's like, like I feel like this. When I tell myself I can't do something, I believe it. When I have that inner voice who's telling me I'm not capable, I just fucking believe myself for some reason. But when other people tell me I'm not capable, I'm like LOL you freak do you know who i am it sounds ridiculous coming from other people's ears so it's almost nice to have them vocalize it and say it to your face which just lets you hear how untrue and ridiculous they are so use your haters as motivators for sure and just know that any thought someone that insecure and sad would say to you probably is not true at all and only rely on yourself to stay determined and stay confident in your own abilities If you are a Gen Z gay like me, and I feel like a lot of you listening are here at Pop Culture University as I look out into the crowd of students, I feel like a lot of you guys are from Gen Z. We also love the millennials, Gen X. If there's a boomer here, hey girl, welcome. We love you too. Don't start being boomers on us, but we love you too, boomers. If you are a Gen Z gay, you probably know the girl group Fifth Harmony. And they were probably pretty 
like monumental in your life and shaped you into the man that you are today or the woman or the anywhere in between they them slay they were definitely a struggle some girl group um they did not have the flow or the um synchronicity of destiny's child they maybe did not have the cutting edge super star sex appeal of the pussycat dolls maybe weren't always best friends friendship till the end like the spice girls but they were our girl group and we are gonna rep for them gen z they had some pretty good hits boss worth it i mean work from home i know the choreography to all those songs because they will forever be ingrained in my memory because they were really out when i was like 12 to 16 so super formative years i just remember growing up with them getting so excited whenever they would drop a new flamboyant song that i could sing to i truly love them and they did see a pretty moderate level of success even though britney spears and demi lovato basically said that they never would with their facial expressions when they got to the finale on the x factor in 2012 britney spears face when when fifth harmony was announced as a finalist on that singing competition show will be forever ingrained into my mind like that should be the google image face for shock and disappointed britney is such a hilarious icon for that and no maybe fifth harmony weren't great but they were good you know they were good and all good things must come to an end. Great things can last forever, but but good things like Fifth Harmony, they must come to an end. And six years ago today, so what is, what is that, 2016? Six years ago today in 2016, Camila left Fifth Harmony, starting the group on a downhill spiral towards the flop dumpster fire dump. But let's just backtrack a little. Before Camila left, there was always such obvious tension within the group. They would argue on the red carpet over who got to s- stand on which side. They, The girls would be like looking like they were fighting and debating for their lives on the red carpet over if someone would just let them switch sides with them. And the gag is whoever they were asking to switch sides with them wouldn't. That girl was that, that girl group was out to sabotage each other from day motherfucking one their stylist was horrible they would always be wearing completely uncoordinating different outlets camila would be wearing the different outfit every single time because they were definitely trying to market her as the star of the group which let's be honest camila was the star of the group i hate to say it but camila was that identifiable voice of fifth harmony and any radio single from them once you heard her voice oh it's fifth harmony it clicked in your head. She started off work from home. She sang the chorus of Worth It. She was just the identifiable girl. And without her, they did not last very much longer. There's all these collages of the other four girls, like not seemingly including her or being so fed up with what she sang and just looking so obviously pissed off at Camila, not high-fiving her back. Camila has talked about before of a time in her life when she would just be in the bathroom in a hotel by herself uh, while her friends were laughing on the couch and people think those friends were fifth harmony or she'd be talking about writing songs on tour alone in her her in her hotel room while everyone else was out with with each other and hanging out it seems like she was just the left out one of fifth harmony and as the group was getting more and more success it just seems like there was more and more tension on stage they just didn't have it together they were just not a united front and we knew as fans as harmonizers it was not going to last very long but the first cracks of the group breaking up really came when camila started to do songs by herself but with other people so 
you know, when she did, um, I know what you did last summer. Joan, don't lie to me. There's no other. I know what you did last summer. Tell me where you've been with Shawn Mendes that started their little teeny bopper romance back in the day. She did a song with Machine Gun Kelly too, which looking back is so fucking funny. The 2016 versions of Camila Cabello and Machine Gun Kelly have a song together. It was a hit though called Bad Things. Am I out of my head? Am I out of my mind? I like how I can just insert the song right there, but instead I sing it for you guys. <laughs> anyway, she wanted to keep doing songs by herself and be the featured artist. Like on the song with Shawnee would say, I know what you did last summer by Shawn Mendes featuring Camila of Fifth Harmony. She wanted to keep doing things like that, but it became clear in the group that she was not going to be allowed to do things like that much longer if she wanted to still be a part of Fifth Harmony. Camila said in an interview in 2018 that the tension between her and the other bandmates only got worse as she began working with producers like Diplo and Cashmere Cat. Quote, it became clear that it was not possible to do more solo stuff and be in the group at the same time. Um, she had to, she claimed that she would eventually be given an ultimatum between working on solo material and staying in the band. Quote, if anyone wants to explore their individuality, it's not right for people to tell you no. I was just curious and wanted to learn, and I saw all these people around me making music, writing songs, and being so free. I just wanted to do that, and it did not work. Yeah, that actually is sad. I can see that being super, super frustrating, especially if you feel like, in Camila's case, you were almost trapped in a girl group she never asked to be in the girl group she auditioned for x factor as a soloist they sent her home and then brought her back with the opportunity to be in the girl group fifth harmony and she either had to take it or go home and of course she's going to take it but if that's not where your creative soul lies and you have always wanted to be a musician to tell your own story but instead you're singing girl group songs about having sex at home while your partner's supposed to be at work of course that would be very frustrating and i can see why she would want to leave and it's unfortunate that fifth harmony had so much potential they were really getting so so big they could have been this next they were obviously super famous but they could have been this next massive massive girl group but they just kept going but if i was camila i would probably leave too unfortunately and then when the day came a bomb just fucking dropped the other four girls i swear they already hated her so much so when camila left it was she was really getting bullied the fuck out of so I remember their last performance together. They were all wearing like hockey jerseys at some jingle ball or something. And because they were in some state where they wanted to like rep the state's hockey team, that was their last one ever. And then right after they ended the show, Fifth Harmony put out a statement. So the four girls, Normani, Dinah Jane, Allie Brooke, and Lauren Haregi put out a statement that said that they're going to tell people that she's leaving and they will be a foursome. But it was the most shady message they could have possibly chosen to write about her leaving. They started off by saying, after four and a half years of being together, we have been informed via her representatives that Camila has decided to leave Fifth Harmony. We wish her well. Bro, girls, girls, girls. The girls were fucking that they said get her sick her to all their fans via her representatives they wanted to incite hate against camila and that is shady as fuck for them pretending like camila's manager like walked up to them right after the jingle ball show and said you're on your own gals camila's coming with me that is just not what fucking happened i'm sure there was a lot of previous discussions i'm sure 
it was it was very well known. They just wanted to be shady as fuck. And then let's not forget how the other four girls, you know, they put out another album and then they performed at the VMAs. And during their VMA performance, one of the most watched shows of the whole fucking year, they throw a dummy that looks like Camila off of the stage at the beginning of the performance, being shady as fuck. Literally, when the performance started, I saw five silhouettes before they turned up the lights. And I was like, wait, did they get a new member? Is Camila back in the group? What's going on? And then they turn off the lights and this dummy just flies into some abyss behind the stage to its death to never be seen again. And I say, oh no, these girls never stop with the shadiness. Camila eventually said how she felt about that. She said, it definitely hurt my feelings. Uh, and that she welled up with tears while she was watching it at home with her mom. Oh, that's so sad and mean. Oh. And then she said, I wasn't expecting it. I just wasn't prepared. And at that point, I had moved on from the whole split and I was feeling better. And I was just like, what? Why? She said that she had to make room for the good stuff to happen in her life. And she didn't like holding on to the past, especially when it's stuff that, in her opinion, was just very petty. When Fifth Harmony wanted to defend them publicly, like bullying Camila at the VMAs, they said... We always get asked if we're going to get a fifth member and we just wanted to show the world in an artistic way that, hey, the four of us are Fifth Harmony and that's how it's going to stay. Girl, that is how you make something really shady look politically correct, but I'm sure that's not what they were actually meaning to do. And I'm not trying to paint the other four girls as some bad guys, but I think they went about it really, really wrong and they were just really, like, just very completely dismissive to what Camila probably was feeling in her desire to leave the group. But the gag is that the next VMAs in 2018, Camila won the music video of the year for Havana, her solo song. Oh, oh, that's crazy. Oh, my God. That Oh, the, the, the girls at Fifth Harmony were sitting at home feeling really bad about that. Jeez, I wonder if they were happy for her. I don't even know. I know her and Normani are friends and everything, so that's good. But those are the only two who I know like actually speak to each other. And remember in the opening of the 2018 VMAs when Tiffany Haddish made that joke about how the rest of Fifth Harmony is watching from home? Camila Cabello. <laughs> Cabello. Camille Cabello is nominated for five. Y'all know I can't read that good, right? So those of you watching at home, hi, Fifth Harmony. Oh, God. That's so fucking shady. They were just always... Such a fucking mess, that girl group. But honestly, what do you want from a girl group? You you want hairography. You want sassy songs. Um, songs about telling men to go fuck themselves. And you want drama. And that's what they gave us. So honestly, Fifth Harmony, thank you for the wild, exciting, fun ride. We will never forget that. And I'd rather have it go down in flames like it did than them just being like, we decided to just all go on a hiatus. We'll be back soon, but actually never come back like every boy band ever. But look at Camila now. She seems to be over it. And her song Psycho Freak that she put out on her album this year that was so underrated, by the way, you guys need to go listen to that right now. I swear to God, that's your homework. Go listen to her 2022 album Familia. On her song Psycho Freak, she says, Sorry, I couldn't focus on the movie. Everybody says they miss the old me. I've been on this ride since I was 15. I don't blame the girls for how it went down. Thinking out loud, I was in the bathroom when my friends laughed on the couch. Wow, that moment's gone now. That's actually really sad that she's looking back at it retrospectively. Like, maybe not the most amazing time in her life. I'm sure there's a lot of amazing times and they'll always be sisters. And one day they'll get together and be able to laugh about everything. But it just really interesting that 
a lot of the girls are starting to show how they felt about the group back then. And Psycho Freak is a song about anxiety. So the fact that Camila still kind of lumps it in with that is wild. I'm very happy that Camila has done really good for herself after leaving the group because she was getting a lot of hate back in the day. You know, she has won Grammys. She's performed at the Grammys. She's had a number one hit. No, two number one hits. Insanely, insanely successful albums, tours. She's truly shown to be the Beyonce of the group. So good for her. And it doesn't always work out good for a lot of people. Shout out to Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys or JC from NSYNC or Jesse Nelson from little mix and unfortunately the other girls are really nowhere to be seen anymore normani we don't know what she's doing she definitely had a solo career and was doing really good for a moment there but completely fell off haven't heard from her in so long it's almost as though she's not really a music artist anymore and the other three i don't even know i met dinah jane at a party actually when i was in la in september and i was talking to her for like 20 minutes so fucking sweet she's the nicest person ever me and my friend adam were talking to her about just like her life and what's going on with her and what was going on with us and we did kind of like mention the fifth harmony days and she seemed really thankful for it and she was saying how she wishes her label would trust her with what she was going to put out soon because she knows how the whole process works from being from being in fifth harmony i was like hell yeah you've been through it for three album cycles you know exactly what you're fucking doing and you know, you were clearly a really big success back then with the group and you had some, something to do with that. So I wish your label would trust you more. That's what I was saying to her. Um, but yeah, she's super sweet. But anyway, what can we learn from this? I think what we can learn is that you can't stay in one place in your life because you want to make others happy, whether it be your hometown or a certain job or some kind of routine with your friends and family or just some kind of like vibration that you meet friends and family at. You can't stay there just to make other people feel comfortable or safe or like you're not leaving them. And I don't think it's fair to hinder your success or your growth so you can meet other people where they are. If people are no longer meeting you where you are and you want to keep taking off in life and growing and doing new things, you have to be selfish in that moment, even though it could really suck and you feel like you're abandoning people, but you're not. You're just choosing yourself and your own happiness over the stagnantness of others and if people try to make you feel bad for growing or saying that they miss the way you used to be and why can't you just do the, the same things that we do you know they'll try to make you feel bad for things like that but if they loved you they would want you to shine and anyone who's trying to hold you back is probably just doing so because they're insecure about their own abilities and they don't want to feel inadequate compared to you if you do grow and leave them behind so what i'm saying is go after what you want go as far as you possibly can and don't worry about leaving anyone behind because if they love you they'll hang back and support you and let you shine and all that and if they're really just haters who are trying to hold you down with them then you don't want to be there with them anyway but either way it will work out and those who matter will be so happy with your success and your experimental journeys and life and whatever I like the analogy of a rocket ship blasting off because when a rocket ship blasts off it, it will have like like boosters on it that, that help it take off, like that big flame at the bottom of it that you see when a rocket ship is heading up into the air. But then, you, then as a rocket ship is getting higher, you see the boosters start to fall off because the boosters were just meant to help the rocket 
get higher and keep going towards the sky, but they weren't meant to stay with the rocket forever. And I think that's a good analogy for people in your life. They're there to teach you something that will, you know, a good or bad thing that will help you take off in one way or another and help you keep going higher. But they're not always meant to be there forever after you've learned that lesson and they have served their purpose. on the movie everybody says they miss the old me i've been on this ride since i was 15 i don't blame the girls for how i went down down thinking out loud in the bathroom while my friends laugh on the couch wow moment's gone now no you want to stay but i think i gotta leave right now i want to want to want to touch you want to touch you Billie Eilish is getting older and she is aging well, let me say. And no, I'm not referring to those weird photos of her boobs that are going around on Twitter right now. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but someone photoshopped her face onto some like dominatrix woman wearing like an all leather outfit with like quadruple D breast. No, that, that, that is not real. As, as, as if she's the cock destroyers or someone on the show botched. That is not real. Those are not her real boobs. I cannot believe I've seen those going viral being like, wow, Billie Eilish finally took off her sweatshirt. (laughs) No, that is not what she looks like, class. Do not believe it if you see them. Anyway, she had her 21st birthday and I cannot believe that our Billie is already 21. I feel like just yesterday she was breaking the record for being the youngest person to ever win the album of the year at the Grammys. And 21 is still so young, but at the same time, it's like, oh my God, she's not 15 anymore she's not 13 anymore singing ocean eyes they just grow up so fast her birthday party was held in la and it was christmas themed she was dressed up as miss claus and she was serving all sorts of milk and cookies she said are you down for some of these milk and cookies down for loving you'll be my drummer boy and i'm the only drum that you gonna play yeah shout out to Christmas and Chill EP by Ariana Grande for that. So many people attended her birthday. Justin Bieber, her lifelong crush. I wonder how she feels about that now, that she's finally friends with Justin, but he's married. If if Hailey Bieber suspiciously dies, we know what happened. But Justin was there. Hailey was there. Olivia Rodrigo, Doja Cat, Lil Nas X, Dove Cameron, Avril Lavigne, Noah Cyrus, Kendall Jenner, like the biggest names in Hollywood. That makes me feel good that she has a lot of friends in Hollywood and people love her and want to celebrate her. That makes me feel like she's really as good of a person that she seems and like a good friend that people want to show up to her birthday party for. And of course, her 31-year-old boyfriend, Jesse Rutherford, that I have been openly mm, weary about. I am worried where, you know, how this one is going to end between them but you know i'm holding out my hope hopefully he's not manipulating her or using her or taking some of her shine to put on him and his music career i don't know i just hope she is safe in that relationship and intentions are pure but at least he showed up to her 21st birthday party because taylor swift's boyfriend didn't come to her 21st birthday party and she was traumatized for life so at least he showed up to her party good for you jesse rutherford um, but yeah, Billie Eilish is 21 now and she's kind of been, she's gone through it growing up as reflected in her music. She's had phases of her life where she 
is definitely not been in the best place from admitting suicidal thoughts to having songs about them when she was actually feeling that way like songs um i don't want to be you anymore or everything i wanted every year in her vanity fair interview that she gives on the same date every year uh she always has like varying levels of happiness and she gave some really good advice to herself about what is most important to her now and it has a lot to do with maintaining that happiness and not being worried about it going away soon all right what's the most important thing to me right now maintaining um my happiness which i've been experiencing for like the first time (laughs) in many years i want to stay happy that's a big goal for me i love that i said that i was really scared too i was like you know had been really bummed out for a minute and i just finally didn't feel like that and I was so worried it was gonna go away it's so weird that that's me but that me doesn't know this me I don't know life is weird the most important thing to me now is being in touch with myself and how I am actually really feeling and listening to my gut trusting my gut my family being good and healthy and happy and my relationship being really solid with them so i really love that advice and i can relate to it so fucking much because i'm someone who definitely has some sort of anxiety about what the near future holds not even in terms of the physical stuff that is going to be around like a job or any horrible event happening I just get worried about if I'm going to be happy in a few months or not because I've definitely been through phases in life where I have not been as happy and that goes up and down and I used to be really scared about venturing into a new chapter or even just a new year because I I fear being unhappy in that year for some reason like I I almost get so anxious about if I'm going to be happy or not that it will like haunt me and terrorize me i would think of anything that could go wrong or any reason that my happiness could for some reason be ruined or why i wouldn't like myself as much and it's almost like i didn't trust myself to just maintain my happiness i didn't trust myself enough to know that whatever comes my way i would be happy it's almost like i had this like external lotus of control where locus of control where i thought my happiness would be dependent on what was going on in my life or what happened to me so i used to be really nervous about what was going to happen and if it was going to make me happy or not so i love that billy's advice was that she's going to put a lot of effort into maintaining her own happiness and trusting herself this upcoming year and i like how she had confidence in herself to monitor how she is feeling and she said she really wants to keep staying in touch with herself and how she really feels So she will basically know how to readjust her mood if she starts to slip into a sad or depressed place again. And all that just puts trust in herself that she will stay happy. And this next year of her life, now that she's turned 21, it's going to be a good year for her. So I think what I'm saying, and I think a lesson here, is that we, to a really big percentage of the time, like to a really big extent, we are in control 
of our own happiness. And we stay in control of our own happiness by checking up on ourselves, making sure that we're good, taking an inventory of how we truly feel, and adjusting what we're doing in life to improve our mood if we are feeling down. And it's a really reassuring thought knowing that like this year, if, if I do start to get sad again, I'll know what to do and how to have my own back to get myself out of there because I just feel so in tune with myself, so in touch with how I feel and maintaining my happiness is going to be a really big priority of mine. And it's, it really is a full-time job. It's not something that just comes naturally. It takes um, a lot of conscious effort to sit there and talk to yourself and almost like have a therapy session with yourself or just an open conversation with yourself about what is truly going on to really get to the bottom of those subconscious thoughts and those subconscious things that are annoying you that while you're just going through your day, maybe not being super reflective of what's going on in the inside, you may wouldn't have noticed. So taking time out of every single day to vigilantly take care of your mental health is how me, you, and Billie Eilish will maintain our happiness this year. Okay, so we're going to move on from that. Definitely a deeper talk, but let's get into something more lighthearted. And that is the first Kardashian kid is finally a man now, as Mason Disick just had his bat mitzvah this weekend. So yeah, apparently in the Jewish religion, once you turn 13, you are a man. I, I you know what? Good. I was definitely not a man when I was 13, still very much an infant in my own eyes, but I get it. You know, you're grown, life starts changing after that point. Good for Mason Disick, happy birthday to him. You may have not known that the Disick kids were Jewish, but Scott is Jewish, so they're all going to have, you know, bat mitzvahs and do the whole jewish thing he had his bat mitzvah in west hollywood all the kardashians were in attendance the barkers were in attendance landon barker just followed me on tiktok shout out to you landon barker the d'amelios were there i wonder if addison ray was there because we know that mason loves addison ray and that would have made his night the kardashians posted really cute birthday tributes for him kim said the day has come where you are finally taller than me i just love who you are and i'm just so proud of you mason Scott said, happy birthday to my better half. Oh, that's so cute. Scott and Mason really are super, super close. And you can always see that on the show. And that makes me so happy. And I feel like Scott takes his family's traditions and the religion that he's always practiced growing up so seriously with his own kids. Because even if he doesn't really show it on the show, he doesn't really have parents anymore. And he always talks about how he feels like he has no family except his kids and the Kardashians. So I think that's his way of keeping on a legacy of the the Disics. Even if he's not the most devout Jewish man in the whole world, that's just something that's really important to him for his loved ones who has passed. And I love Scott for that. Courtney said, December 14th is one of the best days of my life. That's because her son, Rain, and Mason were actually born on the same day. Isn't that wild? I feel like I would not like to share a birthday with one of my siblings. Just like taking the birthday shine, the budget may may not be there for the gifts if they have to split it up into two gifts. That's why I killed my twin in the womb. Because I needed all the attention. I literally was going to have a twin in the womb and then I ate him. So I said there's only enough room in this womb 
for one of us, babe. And then I was a munch. And I, and I ate him. Anyway, for Mason's birthday, I hope he gets restored access to social media. I hope that is his present because we miss him blatantly spilling the Kardashian secrets on his Instagram lives. That's what we need in our lives. Maybe we would know the names of Chloe and Kylie's babies if he could just have that Instagram live access again. And that's what I really want for him and all of us. I feel like he's the messiest Kardashian kid. And as they all grow up, he's going to be quite the drama starter quite the good content for whatever reality show they come up with in the future because to me he's giving scott disick's twin but with more resources and money at the young and reckless age that scott was at his worst at and take all of that and just put it in one affluent kid he's gonna be amazing and i'm so excited for all the mason content and honestly only a few more years until he's like out here being like a grown man so time just flies can we talk about some other kardashian tea though that is so fucking hot and i actually believe this even though it kind of sounds ridiculous i think it's true so dumois the infamous internet blind item account that turns out to be true a lot of times basically anyone with any close information or inside source that can prove it can send in a dm to dumois and then they can post it on their open instagram account not as fact but just as gossip and these gossip tips from that come in from all around the world often turn out to be true and they got one the other day that was about the kardashian family that kind of confirmed something that a lot of us were already expecting about those sisters so it said quote two sisters of this iconic family are not even in contact with each other anymore and to avoid saying exactly who this family was, but still making it obvious, they changed the two C's in iconic to two K's. So we know they're talking about America's royal family, the most iconic family of all the Kardashians. Then they continued, you may see them in photos, but it's purely for show. A reconciliation is highly unlikely. And the older one basically confirmed the falling out as well. So let's get into who are the two sisters who are not talking anymore. That would be Courtney and Kim are not talking anymore. And you guys, I fucking believe it. I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner. It seems just like the rift between them has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger every single year. You know, we obviously remember seeing them fist fight to the death as if they were wwe divas in their bedroom that one day where courtney slapped kim so hard up against the wall that her face makeup came totally off all over the walls not only her face makeup but like her body makeup was coming off on the walls how does kim live with so much body makeup on her does she not sit on anything like does does she drive does, does she sit back in the car how does she do that she's so hardworking. i love kim she does so much to deliver us a look Gotta respect it. I feel like Kim and Courtney have never been as close as people have pegged them to be. When the three Kardashian sisters were the main faces of the brand, when Kylie and Kendall were still super young, I feel like everyone looked at them as this trio, but inside the trio, there was the two that were closer, at least from outside perspective, just because Courtney and Kim look a lot alike and they were the two like it girls while Chloe is being shunned and fat shamed by society and Chris. I feel like. People were like, oh, Courtney and Kim are so inseparable. They're leading the Kardashian brand together. But if you really watch the show, Kim and Courtney were never that close. It was always Courtney and Chloe who were super close. And Kim was kind of just off on her own. They were never really these 
best friend type sister. And then as the years went on, just all this animosity would grow between them because of one reason or another, like a Candyland themed birthday party or Courtney's boundaries, Courtney not wanting to be on the show anymore, Courtney not, be able, not being able to do the Christmas card photo shoot on a certain day, Courtney being a busy mom. It just seems like they have two so opposite personalities. They could never make it work with each other. And they were able to get on enough as a family to save face for the show. And I think that's what they did for a long time. They were never really friendly with each other. They probably had a bad taste in their mouth about each other for a long time. But they just kept it going to save face for the public and stay as this united front. Because the whole Kardashian brand is about being a family. We'll always be there for each other. The power of family. But I feel like it's just gotten to the point where Kim cannot deal with Courtney anymore. And she doesn't have to. Kim is a billionaire. Kim has so many things apart from Courtney that are going on that she doesn't have time to see Courtney and she doesn't have time to be weighed down by Courtney's demands or Courtney being stubborn or whatever. And so while Kim is off doing these things, being so busy, she doesn't have time for Courtney and she doesn't even want to see Courtney. And the show is so curated and perfected these days and produced that they could easily make it seem like Courtney and Kim are still friends on the show and go to these big family events together. But we never really see just a scene between the two of them anymore. And we haven't for the whole time they were really on the Kardashians on Hulu. We got more of a hint that this rift was happening between the two when Courtney went on the Not Skinny, Not Fat podcast. And the host of the podcast asked her, like, are, are you close with Kim and Chloe anymore? You and Chloe used to be the closest ever. Like, where, like, where do you stand with them? And Courtney said, well, we're not the same, but life really, really isn't the same. I think some of us, more than others, just feel the need to distance sometimes and do our own thing. And we all just have our own thing. Courtney did go on to clarify that her and Chloe are still on speaking terms, but she didn't mention anything about Kim. She didn't say her and Kim are still speaking or you know, if if the distance between them has gotten better. Courtney in the past has even threatened to quit the show before and did for a few run of episodes, I believe, before she came back. And Kim and Chloe didn't even care. Chloe's response was, people come and people go. Everyone can be replaced. Like, that's your sister. You can't replace your sister. Damn. Kim was finally, she was probably like so happy that Courtney was just leaving so they could plan out their scripted episodes and not have to worry about Courtney not showing up to the designated filming time for their reality show because she's busy being a mom or whatever. Even more, adding to the point that Courtney, I think, is estranged from her sisters more, is that Chloe and Courtney recently did the Vanity Fair lie detector test and girl, the tension in that lie detector test you could cut with a knife. I felt like I was looking at two people doing this lie detector test who haven't spoken in a long time. They seemed like they needed to warm up to each other or something. Chloe just seems like she wasn't having it with Courtney, and Courtney seemed like she was trying to get through to Chloe, but Chloe just didn't want to have banter with her or hit back at what she was saying. It just seemed like two people who were not very close. In that lie detector test, they were like asking each other the questions. And Courtney asked Chloe, would you ever let my kids sleep over at your house? And Chloe said, no, she would not let her kids sleep over at Courtney's house. And Courtney asked why. And Chloe said, I don't think we have enough time in this episode to show for me to explain why I wouldn't let my kids sleep over at your house. Damn. And even more damn is that Kim literally just posted a photo of herself on Instagram 
And she said that she's hosting a sleepover at her house with True Thompson and Dream Kardashian. So with Chloe and Rob's kids and Kim's kids all together, but Courtney's kids weren't there. And Chloe clearly lets True sleep over at Kim's house, but not Courtney's house. Courtney didn't even come to Kim's recent fashion show where she collaborated with Dolce and Gabbana, which was like her lifelong dream. And it was this huge major event that Kim got to put on and walk in the show. And all the Kardashians were there, but Courtney didn't even go. People noticed that they didn't speak at the red carpet or the public premiere of their Kardashians Hulu show season one. There's a clip of Chris going up to Kim and asking her if she saw Courtney while she was posing on the red carpet and Kim didn't even look in Courtney's direction when Chris motioned for Chris to for Kim to look at Courtney. Kim was just not caring that Courtney was there at all. So I fully believe it. I think Kim has had enough with Courtney. It's just like two people who have no chemistry, nothing in common, even though they are sisters. As the saying goes, uh, sisters by chance, friends by choice. They would not be friends by choice, but they are sisters by chance. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they, you know, have some discourse here and there, but I think Courtney and Kim are not very close at all these days. And I wouldn't be surprised if Courtney was no longer on the show very soon. Like how Rob's never on the show. I think that's going to be Courtney next. Oh my goodness. So Messi and Argentina just won the World Cup. And that's amazing. That's dandy and everything. But he just won an even a bigger award, which is the most liked photo on Instagram of all time, surpassing that fucking egg that set out to break that record. God knows how long ago at this point. But I don't know if you remember it. Some egg Instagram account who literally just posted a photo of a brown egg was like, let's make this the most liked photo on Instagram ever. And People thought it was so amazing and hilarious. Back when, like, millennials were in control of Instagram. That shit would not happen with Gen Z. But he now holds the record, and it's him just, like, holding the trophy and with his team. And it says, Champions of the World. And it has 56 million likes right now. Wow. Cristiano Ronaldo's so pissed. Because he's, like, the king of Instagram. So he probably wanted that to be him. Damn, he lost the World Cup. And he doesn't have the most liked photo. Damn. Maybe he should have, like, scored a goal or, like, um, like faked an injury and started crying on the field like soccer players do. Maybe he would have won then. I don't know, Ronaldo. Congratulations to Messi, though. I think he's going to retire now, which is so sad. Not that I watch soccer. I used to play soccer, actually, growing up and in high school, but I didn't, I, I don't know. I was never passionate about it. I kind of just did it for shits and giggles. I did it because, I don't know, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to play sport. I wanted to kick a ball. Ball was life. You know what I'm saying? I really didn't have the competitive edge, though. I just liked practice. I, like, loved practice. That was my my favorite part of playing sports because I just got to, like, hang out outside and frolic with my friends and kick the ball back and forth and, like, gossip about what's going on. But I truly didn't care about games. I would actually dread it. To me, it was, like, the obligatory like dreadful part of playing sports i was like oh i have to play a game now i hate this 
I didn't care if we won. I didn't have passion to like steal the ball from someone and like put my body in danger to like fight someone for, for the ball. That was just not me. When we lost, I'd be like, oh my God, like, damn it, we lost. Like, let's go hang out and get ice cream now. Like, let's, let's get over it. When we won, I equally didn't care. I was really just there for the vibes. So that is why I, I was not good at that. Anyway, let's talk about Harvey Weinstein, which if you do not know, Harvey Weinstein in the past was one of the most powerful people in Hollywood um, in his heyday. He was a really, really powerful movie producer. He's in his 70s now, but back in his day, him and his brother founded the entertainment company Miramax that produced some of the most popular films ever, like Pulp Fiction, The Crying Game, Shakespeare in Love, and he's won Academy Awards before, and he's worked with many, many young actresses in Hollywood. However, this week, he was put on trial again for sexual assault uh, crimes and R-word, R-A-P-E, multiple women in LA. If you don't remember, he was majorly a part of why the Me Too movement started because literally of how many actresses that he worked with that he sexually assaulted, that women band together to say that time's up, that we are not going to deal with this anymore. This man would use his influence in Hollywood to lure women into private meetings with him thinking that they were going to get jobs or opportunities or whatever just by becoming his friend and networking with him but he would lure them into these meetings and then try to assault them or actually assault them and who knows maybe in return they would get a chance to audition maybe they would get a movie role that would make them so famous and a household name but that should have never ever slipped through someone's mind who has that much power in hollywood as the way he's going to pick and choose roles so before i tell you what he was sentenced to this week for his new trials in LA. Let's talk about just some of the most famous women who have come forward with their experiences with him. Their very scary experiences with him because there's a lot. So we cannot talk about them all. There has been 87 women in the Hollywood circle that have accused him of these acts. Isn't that fucking crazy? It's like, this was just a part of his daily life moving through this industry like that but since he was so powerful no one could step in and stop him so that's why i kept going for so long let's start with the young actress who we kind of talk about a lot on here and that is cara delavine she has worked with him for multiple roles in the past and one experience she had with him has definitely stuck out to her she said that he basically asked her to get alone with her in a room and they were going to start talking and as soon as they were alone he began to brag about all the actresses that he had slept with and how he made their careers and spoke about other things of an inappropriate sexual nature uh she literally said that in an interview with the new york post and kind of insinuated that he offered her the same thing as she was a young actress at the time offering her career abundance and a big rocket launcher for her career someone else is kate beckinsale she accused Harvey Weinstein of offering her alcohol during their first meeting when she was just 17. Quote, I assumed it would be in a conference room, which was very common. But when I arrived, reception told me to go to his room and he opened the door in his bathrobe. So he lured her there saying, oh, we're, we're going to have a meeting about something. But it was not that at all. He wanted to get her drunk and then get her alone in her room to do very ungodly things. Someone else who had a horrible encounter with him is Salma Hayek. She accused Weinstein of sexually harassing her while working together on the film Frida in 2002. She told the New York Times that she claims he did a list of unwanted sexual advances 
onto her, including trying to get her to get in the shower with him naked, have oral sex with him, give him massages and more. And she also alleges that he threatened to kill her following one of her refusals and verbally would insult her on set afterwards. (coughs) These poor fucking women. Wow. It's all you can really say in situations like that. Wow. And how strong do you have to be to still get in front of the camera and have to work for this man every single day? And then being tied between wanting your career and wanting job security and safety and a life and money for yourself and your family or whatever and exposing someone who could literally blackball you for the rest of your life and ruin everything that you've ever worked for ever because you try to expose him when someone is that powerful and you're a young actress coming up because he would go after people when they're younger it's your word against his who do you think they're going to believe how horrible someone else is lupita nyong'o she is an academy award winner and she wrote out a lengthy column in the new york times where she told about her experience with harvey weinstein quote harvey led me into a bedroom his bedroom and announced that he wanted to give me a massage I thought he was joking at first. He wasn't. No, I love her reaction. She's like, you gotta be joking me. Like, this isn't serious, right? But no, he was serious. And she even said that after she refused that, his advances were continuing on through that whole night for some business meeting trip they were having together in New York, and she just kept refusing him. Harvey then gave a written response to her accusations towards him, and he said that he remembers those events completely differently. Quote, has a different recollection of the events, but believes that Lupita is a brilliant actress and a major force in the industry. What kind of response is that? He's like, no, I didn't assault you. I just don't remember that. How, how do you black out for that period of the night where you bring someone into a room and try to get them to exchange massages with you? He's like, no, I didn't sexually assault you, girl, but you slay in the industry. This man is guilty as fuck. Angelina Jolene um, told the New York Times that during the release of playing by heart she rejected advances made by harvey weinstein in a hotel room she was only 23 at the time and she had such a bad experience working with him on that film that she was never going to choose to work with him again and will warn others if they try to yeah that's really awful that she kind of just had to get through it and even up until the release of the movie and then to not spoil her own career or let him ruin her success she just had to choose to not work with him again rather than expose him That's really fucked up. Gwyneth Paltrow told the New York Times that while she was working with him when she was 22, he summoned her to his suite at the Peninsula Beverly Hills Hotel for a work meeting, which ended up with Harvey Weinstein placing his hands on her and suggesting that they go into the bedroom for massages. She said she was really, really scared because she thinks that she knew what he meant, but she was, quote, I was just a kid. I was signed up and I was petrified. Oh my God, a 22-year-old girl well he was like 50 something this man knows no remorse what an what an evil evil being one of the most sad is rose mcgowan who i don't know if you know her she was in charmed she was in scream she previously in 2016 she released a statement and it said that she was r-worded by a studio head who worked in hollywood in 2007 and even though she didn't say his name it's public knowledge that rose mcgowan had some previous undisclosed settlement with Harvey Weinstein in 2007 after an episode in one of their hotel rooms together at a film festival. So we can all fill in the blanks there and know what actually happened. And that is so 
awful. And I, I feel so horrible for any young actress who had to come into contact with him. Um, eat, like even the ones who, you know, were able to reject him and escape, but especially people like Rose McGowan who were not. People even had the audacity to try to attribute Jennifer Lawrence's success to the fact that she slept with Harvey Weinstein. Even just saying that sounds so dirty and gross and i can't believe people would insinuate that publicly online like how fucking embarrassing i don't know how that rumor started um ew what the fuck but in jennifer lawrence's 73 questions with vogue she was asked what's the craziest rumor about you that you've ever heard and her response was that i slept with harvey weinstein and oh my god i was watching that and my jaw just fucking dropped because the whole interview was so lighthearted and funny. We know how Jennifer Lawrence is. She's relatable, quirky. She's always just cracking jokes. But she really took that moment to change the mood er, completely and say that I slept with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> What's the most bizarre thing that you've ever read about yourself? That I f***ed Harvey Weinstein. The good news is, is that Harvey Weinstein was previously in 2020 sentenced to 23 years in prison for sexual assault crimes that he did against women in New York. Thank God. So basically already guaranteed that he was going to rot for the rest of his pathetic life in jail. He's already 70. That would bring him to 93. A lot of the times evil, gross people do live for a really long time for some reason. I don't know why. It's just a cruel joke the universe likes to play. But it's basically guaranteed now that he will never have the opportunity to sexually assault someone ever again because he was just given a trial in LA for on behalf of uh, sexually assaulting four different women. They had four different trials with these women and two of them he was found 100% guilty of and will have extended years on his 23-year sentence. Unfortunately, two of the women in that trial were not able to get justice for themselves because the jury found that there was not enough evidence in their cases. That must be the most discouraging thing in the whole fucking world as a woman to not only have to come out about this, one of the most vulnerable things that could ever happen to you and speak up in a world where people already don't believe women. And then you get told by like the judicial system in America that we're sorry that this horrible life-altering, traumatizing thing happened to you, but we can't give this person any consequences because you just don't have enough proof and it's your word versus his. That's so awful. And I feel so bad for those two women. Thank God justice is being served to him almost vicariously just because of the punishment he was given for his other victims, but still feel very horrible for the two women who were not able to get their own sense of justice um the prosecutors at the end of the trial said quote harvey weinstein will never be able to rape another woman he will spend the rest of his life behind bars where he belongs harvey weinstein is a serial predator and what he did was rape throughout the trial weinstein's lawyers used sexism misogyny and bullying tactics and bullying tactics to intimidate demean and ridicule all these survivors this trial was a stark reminder that we as a society have a lot of work to do to all survivors out there i see you i hear you and i stand with you and i couldn't agree more and i respect lawyers and i know that they were just doing their jobs but those defending lawyers who were bullying those women on the stand just telling their truth they're going to hell that's so fucked up i'm sorry i could not do that for no amount of money on a check could i sit there and try to demean and gaslight and bully a woman into losing such trial. Harvey already looks awful too. He looks so aged beyond 70. He's like in a wheelchair 
can't walk, looks decrepit, looks like Prince Philip did before he died. So that's just how shriveled up and ghastly. And I'm glad that age is giving him his comeuppance because someone needs to. Anyway, what can we learn from this? I think we can learn, even though Harvey's example is a very um, extreme example of someone with power abusing it, I think we can just learn to not abuse any power that we are given in life. Not only did he abuse his power, but he had the power to abuse because he was so powerful that he would pay no no consequences in doing so. I think a great person is someone who can have power and not abuse it. So wherever you have power in work, in your home, socially, use that for good. The The true way to yield power is to share it and to help others. And you should use your position to inspire, uplift, and make people beneath you better. Not use it for, your, for some weird own selfish personal gain. If you want to trust someone above you with power and you want to believe that people are good and like you can put faith into people who have some sort of control over you, you would want them to do the same thing in a position of power that you should do, which is use it for good. Be fair, be righteous, be truthful, respect the position that you're in, and don't be one of those bosses or those household leaders that people look up to and shiver because they're so upset that their leader is so awful. I know it could be tempting to use it for your own selfish gain or interest, but I think to respect the principle of what power is itself is it was always meant to be held by someone who is selfless and can be some sort of representative for everyone that they are having the power over. So be a selfless leader and use your power for good because the world does not need to be more corrupt than it already is. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me at Pop Culture University today. I hope you enjoyed class, all the tea spilled, and the lessons learned. Make sure to rate this podcast five-star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a cute little review, screenshot yourself listening to it, post it to your Instagram story, and tag me, and I'll hit you up. I love when you guys do that. I love DMing all of you guys. The holidays are already stressing me the fuck out just anticipating them. All the forced socializing I'm going to have to do this week is going to not be the best for my mental health. I'm going to have to wave the white flag at some point, but hopefully I will just be able to get through it. You guys are probably all going to have to do the same thing this week. Answer un- you know, uncomfortable questions. Be poked and prodded by your grandma as to why you do not have a girlfriend or a boyfriend yet. Be demanded updates about yourself that you just do not want to share, but we will get through it. Feel free to DM me about any of your grievances or anxieties about it. I will be there for y'all. My advice is just to show up, be the nice, you know, agreeable grandson or granddaughter or wife, whatever that you have to be, and just don't get into it that deep with anyone. Just just do what you got to do. Be nice and then leave. And then go back to not seeing your family for another few months. That's usually the routine with me. I love my distant family, but I really don't see them that much. So I really just got to get through these this this week with them and i'm dreading it and i might have to take a xanax but i'll try my best but anyway i'm still gonna do episodes next week even though it's going to be the christmas week and everything like that friday's gonna be the 23rd and then tuesday's gonna be the 27th so that's perfect i'll skip right over christmas i can't wait to spill the tea about what goes on that week what i got for christmas what you guys got for christmas i cannot wait to hear i'm thinking of starting us to do a i like i want to do a segment on the podcast where 
it would basically be called would you like to share that with the class and it's gonna be like when you get caught passing notes or something in your class and you and your friend are really spilling the tea on this piece of paper that you're passing back and forth and it's some really hot gossip and suddenly you have to tell the whole class what was on that piece of paper and it's just all the drama and so embarrassing but also amazing for everyone else who gets to just sit there and listen i kind of want to do that segment would you like to share with the class um and i want you guys to like dm me some crazy drama that's going on in your life and then each episode i will tell the class what's going on in your life and I'll say your name or not if you don't want me to and then we'll I'll kind of discuss it and give you some advice I think it could be a cool segment DM me if you'd be into that um but yeah I think it could be fun and I would love to hear what's going on in your guys's life sometimes we like while we're DMing I just we just start talking about what's going on in your guys lives and it's crazy and I'm like wow this would be good content so I think it could be cool but until Friday I hope you guys have an amazing week stay warm out there don't get eczema on your face And I will see you guys then. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.